Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Why We Drink. You can listen to us and um, bring up a previous podcast to listen to at whywedrink.xyz. My name is Art Medina, and sitting to my left is Roy Torres. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? And Long sitting, time no see. And sitting okay. on my right, and sitting <laughs> on my right here uh, in Mike's famous kitchen is Mike Herrera. Welcome back. Hi, Mike. Hey, hey everyone. Hi, Art. So, uh, this is the story. Um, about a couple of weeks ago, they had a premiere, I think, of uh, the second season of the Umbrella Academy. And Mike kept on asking Roy and I, in the course of this past few uh, months of the summer, he kept on asking us, "Did you have you seen Umbrella Academy? And I said, no, I really don't have any interest. Finally, I gave in and said, okay, I'll watch it. And so did you, uh, Roy. And we just finished watching, all of us together, the last five episodes of season one, even though there's two seasons out right now. The second mm-hmm. season just came out. But we figured let's just devote uh, one of our episodes of Why We Drink for the first season. And then next week or maybe a couple of weeks from now, we'll do the second season. So uh, first impressions of Umbrella Academy, I want to hear from Mike because, Mike, you're the one that introduced this show to us. All right. But, so. but can I ask you a question? Oh, Is God that, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Can for those who don't know what the Umbrella Academy is, can you explain? Yeah. To that's what they asked him to do. No, 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 hold on. Well, he said you asked him what he thought of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. By the way, I'm baked, and Art is somewhat baked. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one. Sober, I'm completely sober. My sticking um, point. So this is a year old. Uh, a year ago, I watched the Umbrella Academy. Um, it's based off of a Dark Horse comic book, and warning: there will be. Uh, spoilers for season one so for season one so if you haven't seen it um watch it and then come back all right you've been warned you have been so um it's a superhero uh show based on a comic book it's an ensemble cast of various superheroes kind of like in the avengers or the justice league uh, way there's it's a group like an x-men kind of a situation Mm -hmm. where there's a, a, a a older man who uh, adopts these super-powered kids and then All raises them. All born on the them. same day. Right. So the, the, the hook is that the, a bunch of women got pregnant on a single day and gave birth, um, and there 44? was no father. Yeah, there was 44, 45? Right. 43. I thought, I thought there was 28. No, but it was, okay, it was in the 40s. Okay. So anyways, it's, uh, it's like an X-Men type of show where there is a family of, we can call them mutants, but they were just sort of super-powered beings in this world. And um, there is like a Jarvis, who is a, a monkey that can talk and is intelligent. And then there is um, a, like a Jarvis in, mm-hmm. the, in the way that the Avengers ha- uh, movies versus comic books had a Jarvis, that there's this robot lady who's kind of like the mom. So they're raised by this monkey and mom uh, robot but also, the dad <clears throat> plays the role of callous and cold and, and heartless mm-hmm. uh, and cruel. And those are his good qualities. Father. Mm-hmm. So really, um, it's about superheroes, and it's about uh, them growing up with a shitty childhood because the dad was mean, and uh, and then just going their separate ways once they got old. And now they're coming back together because the, the father had passed away. Now they're gathering for a funeral, and they discover that there's a, a, a threat to the world as we know it. And so they are kind of brought back commandeered together. to yeah. 
uh, to gather and join forces to to battle all of the forces of evil and that kind of thing. So the the first thing that struck me about the show was it was a show about superheroes that really didn't focus on their superpowers. In fact, a lot of them had what seemed like benign superpowers. Like how Mm -hmm. there's a girl and if she gets close enough to you to whisper into your ear, I heard a rumor, she could say whatever it is after that, dot, 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 I heard a rumor, you were gay, then you'd be gay. Because she could make you do whatever. It's kind of like a mind control kind of thing with like a strong, powerful uh, suggestion. Uh, yeah, but, but how does that work in the field, you know? No, I understand. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because uh, they do show one particular uh, scene of all of the kids, uh, like 12 years old, uh, thwarting a bank robbery. And that girl, Allison, who is number three out of the number seven uh, and and the kids are all named by numbers, but she's number three, and she, she's a famous actress, one right? And when she's grown up, but right. when she but her but when she used her superpowers when she was part of the Umbrella Academy of Fighting Crime, she pretty much would get close to the bad guy and says, you know, put your gun down, and then the guy would yeah, put his gun she'd down. She'd have to get close to him first, and if yeah. he had a gun. That's kind of hard to do, right? I know. Wow. It absolutely... I mean, I mean, to, to, to be honest with you, I think that, that that was done on purpose. They decided not to focus on their powers because it's not about their powers, or at least the show is not about their powers. Right, but and that's no the point. But there's no continuity because you said she was up close someone, but then she talked to... Who's the girl who's like Dark Phoenix? Oh, uh, that's uh, Ellen Pages, and Ivana. she's number seven. Uh, number seven. Ya- Vanya. There was like two feet, and then when she was there in the cabin... It was at least three feet, four feet between. Oh, I, I didn't mean like they had to be right next to each other. I mean, she's oh, got to, she's got, you have to hear her say it. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah. Anyway, the point is that hearing distance. This is a show that doesn't focus on their powers. In fact, their biggest superpower in the show is their abusive family. How how they treat each other. How the dad mis uh, mistreated them. And they're really, I mean, it goes into great pains to show how fucked up they are because of their dad. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and that's like the, the fuel to everything they do. In fact, the, the, because all of these uh, kids were born at the same time, but all in different parts of the world, they're actually a sort of like an ethnic group that uh, is of, you know, different descent. One of them is black another one is like uh russian another one is uh obviously hispanic uh another one is i don't know what asian yeah like it goes along that entire spectrum of uh of uh of uh groups but what also happens is that uh the only thing that they have in common with each other besides the fact that they have powers but the powers are not you know relatively common is that they absolutely have this huge resentment towards their father in fact that they're them being fucked up is what's essentially what is they all have in common with one another. Their um, motives, the choices they make, um, the the things that that drive them in in the show are all because their dad fucked them up. Mm-hmm. Like so just if, watching it over. So, so if anyone says I'm tired of superhero, I'm no more superheroes. You would say this is different. Yes, there's superheroes. However doesn't focus on powers more like the fuck it up life totally focuses on how screwed up they are and how dysfunctional the family was mm-hmm. and how they're coping with all of that trauma as an adult mm-hmm. yeah and uh, what's kind of surprising is that uh well did you guys ever see this uh wes anderson movie that was made a long time ago called the royal tenenbaums mm-hmm. well if you watch that movie the royal tenenbaums is essentially about this huge resentment towards these kids 
uh, one Gene of them, Hackman, yeah, the Gene Hackman. They have this resentment because the the Gene Hackman father was a very kind of like not a very hands on father, mm-hmm. but they all grow up grew up like wanting his love and needing his love, and when he finally needs them, they're basically turning their backs and saying "fuck you" to him. Mm-hmm. So uh, this this was actually a superhero version of I think that was Anderson movie, The Royal Tenenbaums. Right. There's a lot of similarities if you watch it, mm-hmm. including the music, which. Right. Okay. Uh, you, you want to point out a little bit about the music because each song that gets played in different episodes of the ten episodes of the first season, there's like a like like the the very first one has this uh, song by Tiffany. I think we're along now, and it, the funny thing is I had the subtitles on when I was watching the episode. Yeah, and it's the first episode, and I suddenly realized that those that uh, you know uh, children behave. That's what they say that we're together and watch how you play. You know, uh, it's. It, it kind of like shows how they were brought together as this like super group, and but they were always being told by the father, you know, hey, watch how you're doing what you're doing. You're supposed to do it this way. You're supposed yeah. to do it that way. And in the end, they were like, oh shit. You but know? the cool <laughs> thing about that scene, and as adults, um, this is the symbolism to it, is that he's playing. I think we're alone now. Yeah. And when I say he, uh, Luther number one is yeah. playing this on his record player in his room. They've all kind of had words with each other. That they're always at odds because uh, they're they're con- they're just tumultuously uh, related kids that are adults now, and, and they they don't know how to deal with their feelings, so they're, they're attacking each other. So they're all kind of in a grumpy mood. But he puts the song on and he starts to dance, mm-hmm. and then the others who are in other parts of the house mm-hmm. uh, hear the song and they start to dance and then the camera pulls back mm-hmm. and you see like a cutaway yeah, like right. a, a dissection of the house and then you see each one in his own room like in uh, like the, the Hollywood Squares right. where each Hollywood one has squares, its own like square that, uh, from that Jerry so Lewis it, movie too yeah. it pulls back and you see each of them dancing but they're dancing alone yeah. right. and, and that's kind of a symbol, symbolic way of showing I think that They've isolated themselves completely from each other because of the dad. That dad really pushed them all away, and then now they can't relate to each other. But they're dancing. They're all dancing at the same time and without realizing that that they all have that. Not seeing the obvious that there's something that unites them, but we're still going to be alone. Mm -hmm. Why did the brothers and sisters resent the... um, the, uh, The father? No, the girl. Oh, the, uh, number seven. Why number do they seven. resent number? What's well, the history? Here's the find? thing about it. Uh, well, let's face it. The father told uh, her, number seven, mm-hmm. played by Ellen Page, uh, a girl named Vanya, that she was. That there was nothing special about her. By 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 whatever reason, when he adopted all of them, he knew that all of them were special. But then he learned that well, no, you're not. You're not special at all. You don't have powers like your brothers and sisters. And so they obviously had a disattachment from her because they, well, I have a power. Why should I talk to you? I'll talk to this guy who has powers. He and I will become friends. And that's what happened with those six kids. And they kind of like excluded the seven without really meaning to. But let's face it, after a while they said like, well, we have to go and save the world. You stay behind because there's nothing you can do to help us with. Kind of. I did notice that now this comes from the top down. Where the, the father would say things like, if he's talking to reporters about the, the Umbrella Academy, he's like, these are my six children. He always excluded her. It's true, yeah. And, um, oh, and, then, and he kept saying to her, there's nothing special about you. There's nothing special about you. And he was cruel about it. He was mean. He, I mean, he didn't consider her feelings at all. So what I think is maybe 
growing up in a house like that, little kids become callous to her just mm-hmm. as as because oh she's just ordinary so we don't have to treat her the same but they never really showed any scenes where the siblings were mean to her you know they, they never really lashed out at her until there were adults when she became an adult she wrote a book that mm-hmm. was kind of a tell all here's all of our dirty laundry and then and then they were like then they turned on her because as soon as she came in to the dad's funeral they were like what is she doing here yeah yeah, and uh, they they have this resentment towards her, but it's 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 adult resentment. It's like they will always create and develop a reason why they don't want to hang out with uh, anyone. In fact, there's this one uh, guy in the group. Uh, he's I think is he number three or no number four? He's um, the junkie. Right. Oh, Klaus. Klaus. Okay, so Klaus pretty much um, his ability is that he is able to communicate with the the dead. Right. And I don't know exactly how he used those powers when he was like saving the uh, when he was uh, in the bank job. Uh, so, anyways, what happens is that he, in order for him to stop these beings from constantly getting into his head and bothering him, which is what I think he kind of like resents about his power, so is that like he has that, to constantly be drunk and he's got to be constantly on drugs. So he's like the kid from uh, what's the one that Bruce Willis, Sixth Sense? Is that right? He's a Sixth yeah, Sense he, kid. He talks to yeah, he talks to the dead. But okay. what what purpose does that serve? I don't. So know. here's here's the thing: the way that the story is told. It's never apologetic. It doesn't overanalyze or over uh, tell the story. So, like, it doesn't have to tell you. Mm. And it doesn't apologize for it. It never says, here's how Ben died. They never say it. Yes, right. Because they don't have to. They never say, here's what his powers are. It's going to show it. And also, there's a talking monkey, and they never explain how there's a talking monkey. Well, (laughs) that's true. In a way, they did. They, they kind of did, yeah. But that's part of what I'm saying, is yeah. that they don't, they don't just tell you what happened. They kind of make you figure it out on yeah, your like own. Yeah, like, number one, when he first went to battle and he came back injured, and, all was, and I was thinking, what happened at the battle? Well, he, before he left, the dude said, there's a place making dangerous chemicals, and then he comes back, and he's mm-hmm. got, like, all these burns on his body, right. so you kind of can put two and two together, maybe. But I would have liked to have seen it, what went down. Well, it's... It, you know what, and, and you mentioned something about the way that it starts. Like sometimes, like in the X-Files, you go, ba-doop, 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 uh-huh. and you uh-huh. see like an X coming at you, and like yeah. a guy screaming and turning into this squiggly line. Uh-huh. This didn't have an intro like that. It just, in a flash, it showed a picture of an umbrella. It said yeah. the Umbrella Academy, created I by, and it was it. It was a one, like a couple second thing, because I think it it wanted to get right into it. Hmm. Because these are very tightly packed episodes with a lot of storytelling, all in a single episode, so they want to get right to it and tell you everything. So, I mean, they could have done that. They could have showed him at the chemical plant doing his stuff, but I think that they did. They, that's not important. Mm-hmm. We're telling a story. We're showing you what you need to see. You can figure the rest out on your own. So, when it comes coming back to Klaus, what good is talking to dead people? Even when um, when Allison is telling her daughter Claire, yeah, Claire. Um, Here's the story of one of our adventures. She's like, yeah, we all went in there and beat up some bad guys, and Klaus just talked he to a dead guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, did, he couldn't do anything. Exactly. But by the end of the, the, the series or this uh, season, um, Klaus talks to his dad, his dad who has, has been dead, and uh, he's fine. The only way he could talk to his, his dead dad is if he sobered up and he didn't want to get sober because, like, he – imagine – he having his dad? I didn't see that part. Remember, what? he's being shaved by his dad. 
Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. sorry. Again, I'm baked. I'm You're baked, baked. <laughs> yes. All right, go on. So the father tells him that... Um... Oh, wait, hold on a second. Oh, right, he says, uh, you of I was have been my biggest disappointment because you've only scratched the surface of your powers. Yeah. What you that. can do... You haven't even tried because you got to be high. You got to drink and you got to poison yourself with all that crap, and you don't realize the the power you have. So when he came back, you realized that he had a lot more powers than we thought. So when, um, when he can, he, we think we can just talk to dead people, but that's like not all he can do. But we don't know it yet because that's the way it tells the story, right? It doesn't just tell you, hey. And can I give away what he can do? Because it's, it kind of came as a surprise, but he is able to talk to a dead person. In this case, he's talking to his dead brother, uh, his dead, dead adopted brother, uh, Ben. And he is able to give Ben the ability to physically form into the present day, even though mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a dead spirit. So, like, uh, so that Ben can physically punch someone or use his powers against somebody. So, Think of the power that now Klaus has that he could bring back anybody from the dead and say, okay, can you fight these guys? <laughs> yeah, I, I have an observation and we can move on. The, uh, the father and Vanna. Um, I think he told her she was nothing because he saw what she can do and if she ever knew how powerful she was, she would run that house. Ooh. And he can't have that. So I think he has to tell her that she's less than what she is. Break down her... her uh, you know, high confidence and her esteem to make her feel a little, just to keep the bomb under control. What do you think? Um, ju- judge, judging by what we saw, if we we're going to draw a conclusion, I would say he tried to train her and she wouldn't listen and she kept on be- being defiant. She murdered a bunch of nannies. Um, I think he just didn't know how to control her, and mm-hmm. so he he put her in solitary solitary confinement, and then he drugged her up and told her she was nothing, so that she would believe that, and then not ever tap into that craziness. So that was his failure that he needed to lock away. You think? Well, not only that, but don't you also think that maybe his biggest failure is that he was unable to tell her the truth because he knew that she was unable to control herself and her power. Mm-hmm. Even though what he may have eventually done is that he may have gotten his kids, his other kids, to get as strong as they could in order to eventually defeat her. Because mm-hmm. there was no way that he was never going to, she was never going to find out about her power. Mm-hmm. She will eventually, and the only people that could stop her were her own adopted family. Right. And now that you say that, mm-hmm. he somehow knew the world was going to end, and he knew exactly when it was going to end. Exactly, right. yeah. But we, we yeah. don't know how. How again? Right. That storytelling that they don't tell you everything. Right. They respect the audience. Mm-hmm. So if he knew, chances are good that he probably knew it was going to be Vanya that did it. So yeah, you're right. Maybe that he was training them to defeat her eventually. Yeah, and that right. was there was also some incredible stuff about how. Um, I mean, it. Well, I, I don't want to say that the, 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 that the premise of the show stole, but it definitely was influenced by quite a few things. Like for instance, a couple of weeks ago, or actually less than that. We talked about a movie called The Adjustment Bureau, which yeah, was, I was based the same thing. Right. And mm-hmm. and then I watched this show and I noticed that there are elements of the Adjustment Bureau in the committee that is uh yeah, the the sort of like the people who take care of time. Mm-hmm. They they give a push to the time and space continuum in order for historical events to happen mm-hmm. so that they can happen properly. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that includes going back in time and assassinating people. And that's what they kind of like did with the Adjustment, Adjustment Bureau. That mm-hmm. movie was about how these these people took care of time and space and they always did something to get you to be into influence. No, they influenced you in order to get history to go accordingly. Right. So, move on with the story. So, they all show up and then um, out, of the, out of the sky comes another portal that opens up and mm-hmm. drops number... Five. Number five drops. Who's Who was... Up to how many? Forty years in the future. Yeah, he had been surviving thirty-eight years in the future. Thirty-eight years. Okay, but he was three days from that time. He dropped from that porthole. Exactly. Port, uh, portal. Actually, yeah. eight days from that time period, right. which means that everything that happens in the first season is right. done within a eight-day period. Even though it sometimes does jump in flashbacks to different decades. What did you think of that character? I liked him. Yeah, Five? I mentioned that he yeah. looked like a, a young David Tennant, but uh, like Dick he, Grayson. Yeah, he. I don't know how old the kid is. If he's, he's eighteen, 15. Years, he's fifteen years old. Okay, he's a but good they actor. they yeah. literally. Yeah, he had to he had to play the part like a fifty eight year old man, which is what his conscience is. Remember they mentioned yeah, that yeah, his yeah. conscience is fifty eight years old. So yeah, he doesn't act like a fifteen year old. He acts like a, a bitter old fart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was and pretty. For, and for being only fifteen, that actor is good. Yeah, and his ACDC uh, uniform. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That was the thing. I, I was wondering if the show or the movie or the writer of the <clears throat> comic book pretty much just took all these influences. And I guess I'm assuming that one of those influences is Harry Potter. Because why one? else oh, put the, them in the uniforms? Clothes? Right. I think it's funny that like he spends time in like a Ross or a Marshalls or wherever he got his mannequin friend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's wearing the same outfit through the whole season. Yeah. He never... <laughs> He never thinks that I'll get a t-shirt or a pair of jeans or something. In fact, that's what happens. He sort of like comes back from the the future. He goes into his room. He opens up the closet and it's just the same uniform. Right. And and it kind of like shows that every, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to wear. But yeah, it's like, look, your dad's not around. You've got money, obviously. Why don't you go and yeah, put on something different. So that mannequin (laughs) was his uh, volleyball that. Uh, uh, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks, the Wilson volleyball, right? Exactly. Uh, right. So uh, they move. All right. So the kid, he tells them that the world is going to end in three days, and they're like, "Okay, what can we do?" And he looks at them as like, "You're idiots. I'm going to go it alone." Right. Exactly. Right. It, it, that's the other thing. It's like he himself has got a so huge much e- ego, resentment, ego, and to resentment it, towards his yeah, towards his siblings and his father. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a dysfunctional family. They, they, the last thing they want to do is hang out with each other. It's obvious. Right. You know, you yes. just look at them and I, they annoyed me when they were together, believe it or not. Because they didn't talk to each other. Well. I mean, I mean, eventually they do talk right. to each other, but you know. Um, yeah, he doesn't even tell them that the end of the world is coming until, until like the, like yeah. the fourth oh, or yeah. fifth episode because right. he doesn't care he's like they're, they're not going to help me yeah, and, yeah. Dinner, and right. not only that but then remember that the reaction out of all of them is like so the world is ending fuck it yeah let it, let it end hmm. you know yeah I mean most of it was just them working out stuff like hmm, I wonder if dad was murdered and they're like trying to figure that out the world's about to end yeah the world's and, about and to they're end. like working on whether or not she should have this boyfriend or you know, oh, I got to get back to my daughter and all this. Like they didn't—they're so involved in their own lives that they don't realize the entire world is going to end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I thought to myself that that was actually—I um, mean, there's no way that you can actually get any superhero or any kind of superhero concept to really fully grasp 
the end of the world. Right. It's just like they're superheroes. Like they'll be saving it. Somehow. And you can see the narrow mindedness of like the Avengers or the Avengers, mm-hmm. um, Age of Ultron or Justice League. Fighting within all, the family. Always. Yeah. But no, no. Always the dream, yeah. when they talk about the end of the world, oh. it's, it's always going to be like a big army of aliens out from the sky. Uh. Like that's their go to. And they don't think it out of the box. But like this series thought end of the world let's really make it the end of the entire world mm-hmm. and they came up with an idea that i was like yeah that is the end of the world yeah yeah and yeah. and remember uh, like i said thunder a week ago we were talking about the adjust adjustment bureau but then when we were talking about a, a, another movie called the knowing with uh nicholas oh, cage good old and, wacky I, and, nicholas I, and cage. I suddenly realized that you know well this has got the same premise of like it's the end of the world i mean there's nothing you can do to stop it which is what happens in knowing like there, there was absolutely no way to stop the end of the world. Right, and so all right. So next, so then um, all of a sudden, with that going on, two agents arrive. Yeah, a Hazel and Cha Cha. Right, that's uh, that's uh, Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige, and and, and, I, and I, th- I, the last name of the of the actor is a guy named Britton. He was I, in um, what's that serial? Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Yeah, he's in Mind Hunter, right? He played the. Play. He was really good in that. Yeah. Uh, in in Mind Hunter and this one. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I saw this like uh, thumbnail yeah. image of that. I haven't gotten around to seeing oh, it yet. It's but, a good show. Mm-hmm. It is a very good show. And he he and uh, and uh, Cha Cha they play sort of like uh, they 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 remind me of characters from the TV show and the movie Fargo. I don't know why mm. I think oh, of that. Yeah, yeah, because it's because it's high violence but low um, temperament. Like mm-hmm. they they're very calm and just yeah. very like. Eh, it's like I'm gonna make toast. I'll murder that guy. It's the same level. They're of- also very robotic and uh, automatic. Like remember, he, he the guy is constantly. Hazel is asking people, uh, "Have you seen a boy?" Well, I saw a young man. Elaborate, right. you know. Right. Like <laughs> so, it, it seems like that they are work husband and wife. Right, yeah. and not only that, but they're complaining about the pension yeah. and about they're, the job. They, they, he or reminded more me. Disgruntled, he reminded me of when I used to come and talk with you, Mike, and right. say, "I fucking hate my job," you know. <laughs> yeah. And and and, and, and you would tell me, "Hey, man, you know, you got to pay your bills, and you got to like." <laughs> two things. Two things I liked about that whole thing. So number one, Hazel and Cha Cha. Cha Cha. Um, there's a point in the show where five. Which, by the way, doesn't have a name for some reason. Yeah, he's just five. Um, everybody else does. Yeah, uh, Luther, Allison, Diego, uh, Vanya, uh, Ben, Klaus, and Klaus. Right. But he never got a name. He never had. A, he's always yeah. So, um, hmm. number five, uh, um, Hazel and Chacha. Uh-huh. Uh, the first thing that I, lo- I like about this thing is that uh, um, at, at some point, five gets reinstated into the, uh, the commission. This, yeah, so so he goes back there and they put him into like the office space and he learns about the end of the world, when it's going to happen, and he's just monitoring the person in charge of it so that he can get info. And so when in the process of this monitoring, um, he discovers that you can send these messages in these shoots. Mm-hmm. So he has to sneak in there and send mess- secret messages. So he sees the message that says that they have to protect a certain person. And then instead of sending it, he sends two messages to Hazel and Cha-Cha saying, Hazel, kill Cha-Cha, Cha-Cha, kill Hazel. Mm-hmm. Right. And he sends it separately so that they don't know. Mm-hmm. 
and they think they're going to kill each other. So there's a, a point in the season where um, I should probably preface this with Hazel hates his job. Mm-hmm. He he has to carry around this heavy suitcase and it hurts his wrist. So now he's got to have like a wrist <laughs> yeah. uh, support. And he has to get physical He's complaining therapy. constantly oh, about how yeah. they're fucking them over. Like we don't get comp pay. We don't, you know. The, uh, they sleep in they, they our dental room for yeah. two beds. Like mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I can't get physical therapy because it's not covered under our health care. Like all of these complaints are like common. Very dystopian. Exactly. <laughs> right? And and so um, he wants out, and um, he meets a woman who is way older than him, but he meets a kindred spirit that's in the exact same space as he is. Mm-hmm. She wants out. She wants to do more with her life. She's working. She owns a donut shop, and she's making donuts, but she wants to see the world, and she wants mm-hmm. to see her passions, her birds, and all this stuff. And he just he falls in love with her because they're exactly in the same place in their lives mm-hmm. they want to change as each it. other mm-hmm. they just want to change their lives yeah so he just goes for it and it's kind of a neat i love that relationship even though it seems a little bit awkward because she's so much older than he is i love the purpose and reason behind it you know like i love his character doing that and i could see it i believe it you know it's like that movie. what's that called minnie and paul the 1970 um and annie and paul Oh, uh, something in... Maud uh, and... Ma- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Harry yeah. and Maud? Mary... Harry and Maud? Yeah, Harry and Maud. So yeah. you're talking about the little boy, the boy, the young the boy lady. that falls in love with yeah, the old lady, right? Exactly. Like a Harry and Maud uh, Yes. Moment. Exactly. Right. Uh, so then the second thing about that uh, is the... Um, so at some point, because of that love for this other woman, um, Ch- uh, Hazel says to Chacha, um, Hey, don't you ever want to just get out of this life? You know what? It's like when we, when it come, all boils down to what you really want in life. Like birds, they have a mate for life, and 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 they they enjoy their lives. They do whatever they want to do. They sleep when they want to sleep. They fuck when they want to fuck. Yeah. We should be like that. Yeah. And and sometimes you just want a partner. Harold. You just Harold want you just want a partner, and you and, and you ne- you don't see it. It's right in front of your eyes. She hears him say this, and she thinks, "Oh, he's talking about me." Huh. So we know that Chacha kind of is open to the idea of being Hazel's partner, like mm-hmm. girlfriend or wife or whatever. So I like that dynamic. It's almost like a love triangle. Like, and then at the end of it, she flips out and starts to want to murder every all of the members. She goes and she tries to to murder. Oh, that's why she went. I thought it was because they're forbidden to meet people and. Oh, she got jealous. Yeah, she liked him. It's 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 essentially it's kind of like you That's said right. it. She spared him. In you the remember you, you said that it was a work husband and well, wife. When he he started giving a speech and he goes, you know what? Sometimes you just don't realize you, what you want in life is a partner, huh. and you don't see. That that partner's right in front of your eyes, and she—that's when she had the gun up. Yeah, and then uh, she lowered she it. She thought uh. that he was that she that he was talking about her. Uh, yeah, no, uh, and that's why she freaked out when she saw that he was like meaning. Oh, you mean Agnes, the uh, the donut girl? And then she was like, "Do you like that whore?" Remember that? Was like, oh, yeah, yeah, whore. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, the eyeball. How did that come about? explain that that's a huge mystery because i don't know how that ended up playing because it was obviously it belonged to the bad guy right Uh, actually he found it but in the post-apocalyptic world and the guy that was holding on to it was luther his brother back with him from through the portal 
Yeah, he brought it back with him. Okay, right, exactly. Okay, okay. Now, the thing is that uh, Luthor obviously had some kind of confrontation with whoever was wearing that uh, prosthetic uh, eye. Mm. And from what our understanding in the narrative of the story is, that the, the, that the one character who does lose an eye mm-hmm. happens to be the guy that the, uh, sort of falls right, in love, meets well, and falls in love with. And, and sort of like provokes the apocalypse to go right, forward. Right, but he had ulterior motives. Right, but you see, he never goes on to get his prosthetic eye. And we never see Luthor ever right. getting that, that, that prosthetic eye. So how that ended up happening, I guess we have to wait for season two. Right. I guess there's got to be a payoff, but there was no payoff to it in what season you, one. Wh- why? What do you mean? Why, why would there have to be a payoff for the eye? Because they were talking about how he, I, I found this eye, you were holding on to it, uh, whoever it belongs to is the guy who is bringing on the apocalypse, and then it just turns out that the guy who they say uh, is going to uh, cause the apocalypse does get into an incident where he loses an eye, but he never gets around to, to getting his prosthetic eye. Right. So how is it that Luther is in possession of the eye when well, the guy that he first was of all Luther to- didn't it was five 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 oh I I know what you mean okay so yeah. like okay let me back up number five goes to the future mm-hmm. be- just on a whim be- his dad warned him not to do it right and he, but he was and, cocky thirteen year old right and he just he pops into the future and he he sees desolation right. there's just and he can't come n- back no no building is left. Uh, Iraq, the, it, it, smoke is coming out of everything. He goes to where his home Can, is. I'm sorry. Why can't he come back? Go back where? Uh, to where he He was. didn't even know how he got there. Right. He, yes, he, he did. I thought he did that thing where yeah, he crunches yeah. up. He, yeah. yeah, but he didn't. He had no way of directing it. He had no, like. Oh, so he uh, just closes his eyes and hopes for the best? Yeah, yeah and uh, he had to figure out there's a formula to it, mathematically, oops. how to do it correctly. Uh, so when he miscalculated. The formula coming back to our present, he became young again because he miscalculated. Got it. Okay, okay, thank you. Continue. So, anyways, he goes to the future where he sees this, everything is destroyed and smoking and stuff. He goes back home and he sees all of his family member under piles of rubble, dead. Huh. He sees Luther having a, a glass eye in his hand, and that's all he knows. That's right. all. It's like that '80s organ music. Mm. As he walked through all the rubble. So he assumes <laughs> he, he assumes that they were trying to stop the end of the world. He assumes Luther pulled that out of the guy responsible. This is all him assuming. He doesn't know what happened, right. which is kind of weird because there's a there's a part in the show where um, he comes back and and they're like, yeah, Dad, uh, or he goes, uh, yeah, you so you guys had the funeral, and they're like, how did you know Dad died? And then he goes. What part of the future don't you understand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in fact, here's the thing: he comes he, back a cocky, he, he comes back from the ass. he comes back from uh, uh, the committee or the future or sometimes the past. He comes back and they constantly ask him, "Where have you been?" And he goes, "Irrelevant." Even though we know right. what he, where he's been, right. and it's like, yeah, why don't you tell them what happened to you so that they get fully understand what's going on yeah, and they, they don't they constantly ask you questions, yeah, but. Yes. In his defense, the more you see his siblings, the more you understand why he's like that. Because as soon as he says something like, I think we should go back in time, they're all like, ah, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. which is another form of the dysfunction. It's like, uh, like when you ask your brother for help, 
I don't want to ask him for help, even though he's the only one that could help. You understand? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. First they unite, <laughs> then they break up, then they unite. I was thinking, make up your, what's going on here? Yeah. We're in going fact, around and around. In fact, another one of the characters. You're like herding cats. Yeah, another one of the characters by the name of Allison. Uh, I think the first five or six episodes, she's constantly saying, let me show you something. Can I show you this? Let me show you this. Let me Brit, Come over here. I'm going to show you something. Come with me. I'll show you this. Mm. And it's like, oh, for Christ's sakes, you're showing everybody everything. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the eyeballs. So he number five traces the eyeball to some scientific corporation. Uh, that gets destroyed. The guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the urinator. Remember they had the hand oh, yeah. kind of thing. So. I've noticed little parts from other movies in that all together well well done uh, a, a, a lot of good, it like actually. i said was uh wes anderson's from uh, the royal tenenbaum yeah. i saw a lot of fargo i also saw huh. a lot of miller's crossing oh oh yeah. I did, uh, yeah when he took him out to the woods right yeah. uh i want to say that there's a bunch of other movies that i mean i know that there's a like a little a, a vietnam sequence but i don't want to say that that's apocalypse now right. um but there, but there's a, like a bunch there's even a, a, a dance sequence right which uh, is kind of sweet, but I was thinking eh, it's not that, not necessary. Well, but how else are they going to show the dynamic between the two siblings? That that was okay. Let me back up. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, Luther, and number three, number four, three, Allison. Three, Allison, um, as siblings, they started to fall in love with each other. They're not blood relatives, and so they're adopted they, brothers they, and sisters. They really had an attraction for one another, and. Um, <clears throat> As adults, they kind of have to deny it. Probably social norms, you know, like you you can't, it's... Uh, the, the, the reason why they never got together was because the father told them no. He, he ordered well, them. Well, no, but also in society, incest. Right? But, That's yeah, a, but they're not blood relatives. I know, we know that. Well, it, it's kind of like Woody Allen and his wife. They're not <laughs> <we> related. <laughs> he did nothing wrong. <laughs> he was framed. So, um, anyway, so so they're in love, and and they and they can't really be together because of whatever, and so in in the timeline. Uh, five disappears because he makes a deal with this commission, and they rehire him, so he's off at the commission. So everybody else is like, "We're fucked." At the end of the world, the end of the world's in three days. Uh, what are you going to do with the last three days of your life? And this is the most beautiful part: is that they did stuff that they wouldn't normally do. They showed themselves and revealed their vulnerabilities. Because they knew that they only had a couple of days to live. What did they do? I don't know. Um, Luther and, um, Allison? and Allison. Oh, they danced. Okay. So, so there's this dance. Now, going back to Luther's introduction, he's on the moon for four years. The dad sends him up there for no reason, right. just for to fuck, fuck with him. And it, it, at one point in the show, he's talking to Allison, and, and Allison's like, uh, I'm sorry you were up there. And he's like, you know what? You know, it was, it was cold, and it was lonely. But there was a moment when the sun rose and it it peeked up behind the earth, and like oh, for a moment everything became like uh, uh, what did he say? Something like shining glass or something like that. And he's like everything became beautiful, mm-hmm. and at that moment I knew that I, it gave me the strength to carry on, to keep on the work, to, to do what I'm doing up there because I thought it was meaningful for that moment, and then. Um, you see like images of him on the moon. It's cold. Mm-hmm. And it's gray and it's blue. And now um, we're in the present, and 
in his mind, um, Luther sees himself without his ape body, mm-hmm. and lights descend in the park, mm-hmm. and he's dancing with her to the uh, to the song "Dancing, dancing in the Moonlight." Moonlight. Mm. But this, the color scheme is totally different. It's very warm. It's very orange. And they're dancing around and having a great time. And I was like, wow, that's a great contrast to the moon. It's not about the moon. It's about the light. And he was talking about how the light on the moon became like these these Glass. things. And that, mm. That's what gave him hope, which means she's really his moonlight. She's mm. the one that was really fueling all of what he does and the reason he does what he does. She really means a lot to him. And I love that, that they put that in there to illustrate that. And Diego? What about him? What was his uh, moment? You said because everyone well, split up and had their own moment. Actually, he he did have a moment in that in that episode, and that moment is that he he sees his mom, and his mom literally, even though she's a robot uh-huh. uh, that has been programmed to take care of the kids, like clean up after them, put them to bed, all of that stuff. But what happens is that um, he has fallen in love with his mom, this woman who's taking care of him, because she he fell in love with her. I don't well, think not he fallen, no, no, not fallen in love, but he's uh-huh. he's actually fallen in love with her as a mother, uh-huh. because what happens is that he says you know she's never even taken a walk outside this building and what happens is that he does have he takes her out on a walk remember they're walking and there's that moment where she says there's something that all of you need to know and then they go all go back in time and so we never get to hear what that is okay i was wondering about that part but 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 that's more a moment for for mom than it is for diego i don't think that diego actually had here's uh, here's diego's thing is i think out of all of the kids Diego loved his mom the most. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. And and that, and that should also, before I go into that... Um, and number one, loved his father the most. Yes. Yeah. But... Um, but be- <sighs> what am I trying to say? Um, the, the mom and the monkey mm-hmm. were their mother and father. And the actual father, Har- uh, Reginald Hardgreaves, Hardgreaves, Hardgrove or Hardgreave, yeah, something like that. Hardgreave. He was such a dick mm-hmm. that that here's a guy, like a man, and then here's a, an animal and a robot. Yeah. And the animal and the robot were more human than the man. Yep. Yep. You know exactly. I mean? mm-hmm. So more um, nurturing and more forgiving and right. more understanding. And so uh, I think Diego was so drawn to her. As a mom, he was really, really loved her. That he's the one that killed her. That's right. He turns her off. It's not until he sees her like sewing her own arm up that mm-hmm. he's like, um, "There's something wrong with her. I got to turn her off." So he actually kind of murders her. Yeah. And then, see. and everybody else in the family's like, "Oh shit! I don't know how Diego's going to react to this." But he was the one that did it. So right. that's the irony that oh. he was so he loved her so much that he killed her. Right. He had to put her down. So this scene. At the end of the world, where he sees her alive again, he's like, "Holy shit! Did she know what I did?" And then she's like, mm, "I don't remember anything." And, and she, he goes, uh, "She goes, it would be a nice night for a walk or something like that." And he's, he's like, "Well, your dad never let you out." And he's like, "Well, dad's not here anymore." Yeah. And at that moment, he senses autonomy in yeah. something that had never had it before. Like, here's a thing that he loved that had been oppressed and told. You can't do this, that, and the other thing. And finally, she's like, you know what? I can do that now. And he was like, let's go. Mm-hmm. So for him, that was a major moment for mm-hmm. him as a, as a son. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that's where that part went. 
So meanwhile, the two assassins kidnapped the druggy guy. Yeah, Klaus. Klaus is an interesting character. Uh, he, for one thing, he was this guy, the actor that plays him. I forget what the actor's name is, but he played Klaus so over the top that I eventually forgot how over the top he was being right. and he was being uh, played. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I had nothing but acceptance for him because he actually goes through a, a traumatic experience. He goes to Vietnam and in, in the course of 10 months he is How in the shit well he he steals a briefcase from the committee that allows the him to go into time right, right exactly from the uh, two did, assassins did he pick 1960 or he just pressed no randomly stuff? it just got to 1968 uh, he i don't i don't know how uh, i mean the the, the 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 briefcase is sort of like a pre-programmed i think uh-huh. i believe i don't know mm-hmm. but they he just opened it up and it he turned up in 1968 hmm. And I don't know how he came back. I wonder if that's a story into itself, how he comes back. I mean, I don't know if there's like going to be. But anyways, the point is this. He he goes to Vietnam, and in the course of 10 months, he meets someone, falls in love with this soldier because he's uh, he's gay. And um, he loses that soldier because they're both in the shed in the jungle, and he gets killed. His, uh, the lover gets killed. And so he comes back, and he's basically traumatized. And he's a druggie who has become traumatized, and his only way of dealing with the world is if he uh, takes drugs. But then he says, no, let me give up the drugs because I want to now talk to my dead friend slash lover. And the only way I can do that is if I get sober. So you finally see this guy who is actually, for the, for, the, for the sake of his sanity, is... Is dealing with his tra- trauma and his addiction just so that he can go back to that normalcy of being in love with someone. The thing that I love about Klaus is that it, the addiction was totally understandable. Like, imagine in your everyday life, mm-hmm. you wake up and there are screaming ghosts just in your face constantly. Mm-hmm. You have voices in your head screaming and eventually it's going to drive you crazy and the, and the only way for you to quiet those voices is to de- have a drink yeah. mm-hmm. I, I mean it's completely 100% understandable and right. so you're along with him on the journey I hate seeing a person destroy themselves which also by the way Ben is the only one that you think oh he's not affected by the dead right he doesn't, he doesn't have any dad right. issues but what the one thing I love about Ben and his relationship to Klaus is that Ben died He's a, one of the members of the Umbrella Academy mm. that died young and apparently violently. They don't tell you how he died. They mm. just say violently. Mm. Um, so Klaus can talk to Ben because he can talk to dead people. And Ben, who is dead, has to sit there and watch a guy throw away all of the stuff that he wishes he could still do. Like imagine if you died uh-huh. and you missed things like smelling flowers and right. and uh put waiting and you just walk past them and this guy right. is f- just wasting his life by doing drugs and alcohol how pissed would you be so right. his character is constantly just being like hey hey man why don't you just have some orange juice and eggs for breakfast why you gotta fuck around like he's constantly like life coaching this guy and it's kind of fun watching him in a way because you understand his position mm-hmm. so back to klaus klaus hearing all these voices in his head Constantly has to to drown himself. So the significance of him being sober shows how much he loved his boyfriend. I forget his name. Dave. Dave. Um, Dave's not here. So, I I mean, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that conflict. Like, that character interaction. 
I mean, it's complex. It's right. not simplistic. It's not like, hmm, I hate bad guys. I'm going to like, You know, like right. comic books, comic book movies and shows have a tendency to try and be very cardboard and one-dimensional, mm-hmm. but this has got a dimension to it that I really why, enjoy. Well, why did two uh, assassins kidnap him and torture him, though? So, okay, let's let's tell the whole story. Uh, so there are these two assassins, and they've come back because they have to murder five. So they've tracked him down to the Umbrella Company because somebody drew a picture of oh, the, of the, the tattoo. The oh, no, the woman in the diner. They're the like, hey, this woman. guy had a tattoo. She draws the tattoo. He's They, they track him down. Oh, the Umbrella Company. They track him down to the you know Umbrella Company, mm-hmm. the AKA the X Men Mansion, mm-hmm. and um, then they go in there, expecting to find five guns blazing, and they didn't expect to find the Umbrella Academy, and they have a big fight. Mm-hmm. What was your question? Oh, well, his question was why did they why yeah. were they sent back to yeah. kill five? Oh right right yeah, because um. Uh, they they said he, he yeah. broke a contract. Because oh, he, right, right. Cause he, he was supposed to work for three years, and then they would give him any place he wanted to go. You could retire anywhere you oh, want. Oh, that's right. And during that melee, they kidnapped the brother of Stoner. Yeah. In order, in, right. Because yeah. okay, they barely got out with their lives, and they're like, well, we got this guy. Right. Because okay. he was oblivious. All right. Uh, the, the, the one thing about the uh, whole thing about the resentment towards the father and uh, that the family is that the, the dynamic of that one character that was not extremely appealing and i assumed that that was done on purpose at first and that was the character of vanya which is number seven the girl that absolutely has no extraordinary powers uh you sort of like realize that you know every time you saw the seven kids you only see six in these pictures that were taken for Mm -hmm. their publicity and then there's eventually they show that you know she's right there with the father who's observing them uh, saving this bank. And she asks the father, why can't I go and play with them? And he, she says, because there's absolutely nothing special about you. Mm. you know. The, okay, so for the rest of the season, we pretty much just watch her pretty, be uh, an ordinary. She's, she has no powers until somebody comes along and says, hey, maybe you do have powers. And eventually you realize that she does have powers. And it all falls into, well, the reason why I'm now going to be fucking around with the powers that I have which I've just discovered with this huge resentment and I hate this hatred towards you is because of this functionality by the father and the siblings and like the one thing that you can't deal with is an angry person and in the in the conclusion of the season she is so angry she there there's no way you could talk her down yeah Erica hey what about the the guy the manipulator, the oh, one who... Uh, uh, eventually, his name, he, when we first get introduced to him, about? his name is uh, Living... No, not Livingston. Uh, Leonard... Uh, Leonard something shit. Uh, uh, Leonard... Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, Skinner. Well, his name is Leonard, but he's actually Harold Jenkins, uh, who... Uh, so, well, once again, a little bit of the influence, but there are elements of a, t- of a, of a movie called The Incredibles in there, in oh, his uh, origin yeah, studies, he's right? Scion, he, he's a super fan of the... Uh, the biggest fan. Right, and the thing is that he's actually the ordinary one, because he is born the same time as the Umbrella Academy. Huh. The same date, the same hour, the whole... He's one of the... Hundreds who were born at the exact same time, but he was just of an ordinary pregnancy. Right. By coincidence, he was just born in the same. How did that father know that? And he looked at him and said, "You're not." What did he say? You're nothing. You have no powers. What did he say to him? 
Because he ran up to him and said, I, I want to be, adopt me. Or He was he, just a super fan who's, who wanted but to. But how did the father look at him and said. No, he was, he was, he was, he, it, the father obviously treated everybody the same way. So, for all you, but how did he not know this kid didn't have powers? Is my question. Because he wasn't born with any powers. He was just an, or he did was he a regular. Just look at him and tell you have no powers? Yeah. But he was a dick. I mean, oh. he probably didn't he know, but dick. he was just like, get the fuck away from me. He's oh. like a, he's like a celebrity that's mauled by a fan. All right. Oh, like, I see. Yeah. So I have seven. That's enough. I don't want any more. He didn't believe him. He's just a fan. You he know? was just a fan. He was just buddy. a super fan. Right. He was buddy. Right. Mm-hmm. But, now, can but, I ask you a question, Mike? Yeah, you know, uh, you just surprised me. I had no idea the guy who wrote this is a, the, 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 a singer or a, a, a member of of the band called My Chemical Romance. Yeah, I didn't know that. So tell I me didn't about know. that. Um, just that. So apparently, he wrote this comic. He got an artist to draw it for him, and um, and then he's involved with the creation of. I think I think he's involved with the Netflix. I read it somewhere, but um, yeah, I'm not overly familiar with my chemical romance i've seen I've and probably heard one right. or two of their songs this is this is uh, the the uh the tv series based off of the dark horse graphic novel which I, i've never heard of well dark horse they did batman versus predator that was awesome yeah you know, and like, which i think it's hard that, to find and i guess they're still around i don't know and what aliens they versus predator which, oh, which right. john Byrne did an episode no shit. Uh, which one? Which one? aliens versus predator oh yeah exactly and my, a, one of my favorite artists did a comic wow. there's time. one uh, series of uh, of comic books called alien uh earth something mm. earth war or something like that but and, yeah anyway mm-hmm. so yeah right. it's based off a comic um still though i mean i think i mean for for being as saturated as we are with comic book movies you know it's just we have so many and there's a lot of just shit comic book movies mm-hmm. thank you captain marvel <laughs> and even black panther to some degree you know and the avengers movies kind of all ended the same mm-hmm. that's a, uh, a bunch of aliens coming down let's kill them end of the world but um but this is different because it didn't focus on them being superheroes it focused on them being human beings yeah and and and, and literally having the thing that i guess we all have in common with our family we all have stories about how we grew up with our families and here's the thing about it. We always tell these... We, we eventually make them funny stories. But some of those uh, things that have happened, you know, family-wise, it, it wasn't a very happy experience when it happened. You know, mm-hmm. like an argument that I had with my brother or an argument I had with my sister or I, arguments that I had with friends. But the point of the matter is that they were growing up as a family and they were, and they obviously had so much, so many issues that they had to deal with. That when they finally grew up, they didn't grow up as a family, even though that was the whole dynamic of the show. Uh, that this, guy, all these guys have got to get back together again as a family, and they have to function as a family, right? In order to function as superheroes. Although, you know, I should mm-hmm. say this: that back to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons why I think the first Avengers movie was incredible was good. Mm-hmm. Um, was that most of the movie was spent with them fighting. Yeah, they had right? an argument. Like, like yeah, with Thor yeah. and Loki and Eagles, Captain America. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of fighting. And it wasn't until Coulson was like murdered or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. that that brought them together. Yeah, I think this is the same kind of idea with the, where there's constant bickering. The, the Umbrella Academy has siblings that are constantly just, you're an idiot, no, you're an idiot. Like, And, and, right. and it's not till the end of the season... 
that they actually get together and like and that's why I feel like when they did get together and like have family meetings and they were all there talking, there was something satisfying about that. Mm-hmm. I liked listening to them interact. Like finally, just treat each other as fucking human beings. <laughs> and and that's not usual in a superhero movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Or a show. Thank you, Batwoman. <laughs> Piece of shit. But anyways, back to so Vanya. anyway, so uh, he gets a um, number f- the, the drug uh, Klaus drug, Klaus um, Diego's ex girlfriend finds out where uh, Klaus is being held hostage by the two assassins at the motel. She frees Klaus. He and he goes through the vent, and in the vent is a suitcase. Mm-hmm. And in that suitcase is what. It's uh, the it's the uh, means for teleporting to different time periods uh, oh, as so part of the commission. Oh, so when he opens it, he goes to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. All right, and mm-hmm. then the agent, she's uh, shot in the back. Yeah, the she gets ass. murdered by Chacha. By Chacha. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Chachi. And then uh, the Diego guy, he shows up, finds her, and wants I, revenge, and I starts going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, by the way, he never he never eventually confronts Chacha and. Uh, uh, well, he uh, be- he beats he beats her again. up, mm-hmm. and then he's about to kill her, and then he hears the voice of Five saying, "Hey, what was the best thing you liked about your girlfriend?" He's like, "Well, she always uh, saw the best in people," which was a little weird because she never really like we never see that. Yeah, like he yeah. she in fact she sees the worst in him all the time. Like every time we had a sequence with her and him in it, she was always like, "You better." knock it off because next time I'm going to have you arrested you're going to do some time like she never really showed that she saw the best in people but anyway he he says that to her to him and then he remembers that and he's about to hurt kill Cha-Cha and and, uh, and he stops himself mm-hmm. he, he doesn't do it mm-hmm. and in the end of the, of the show when the apocalypse is coming like mm-hmm. all, all of earth is dying from the meteor blast from the earth hitting the moon or the moon hitting the earth um, it's she's on a payphone. Remember that? She, yeah, she's on a payphone oh, yeah. and she gets incinerated. So who's yeah. she calling? <laughs> I, Captain Marvel. She's probably talking to the committee, trying to get some kind of like you know, hey. So, so they out. were like, "Fuck you! You're you're stuck there." Exactly. They didn't, why would they not help her out? I don't know. Which is kind of weird because you see, with the committee, what I mean, their function is to kind of like uh, do the whole time space continuum. I wonder where they began. I wonder. I mean, because I, sure, I understand that there's got to be. A uh, a bad guy, and there's got to be like a you know force other than God pulling the strings. But the point is that like sometimes I I think yeah when you start kind of like like remember that that when we went to see the movie Glass yes and at the conclusion of the movie there's the secret society that just came out of nowhere oh, that's, what the, that's just lazy yeah writing. I, I just thought to myself I don't know I mean I don't know if I if, it's kind of like saying the Time Lords are yeah I'm like where the yeah. fuck does this come from <laughs> although. Um, in the final episode of season one of the Umbrella Academy, the opening sequence shows a uh, a young Reginald Hardgrave, and he goes and he's at the bedside of a dying woman, and she's like, mm, "Where's my violin?" And he brings a violin, and he's like, "Here's your violin." She's like, "I want you to take it," and she's like, "What?" He's like, well, "Just take it. I'm gonna die here, but you're gonna live. I command you to live." And he's like, Mur. And then she goes, "Um." Um, just you need the the world needs you, and then they show him pick up like this jar of fireflies, and he opens it up, and like all these little fireflies fly out of the jar, 
and he looks out at the world, and there's a bunch of rocket ships, and they're flying up out of the sea. Yeah, into I, the thing. I have a theory about that. So, so I think he comes okay. from a different he comes from a different time period in the, in the history of the world, and he it, it's obviously people that that have developed uh, time travel. He's a member of that, but he's decided to take himself out of that equation, and so now they pretty much have got to run history accordingly even though he's the one that wants to change it and has the ability to change it. So maybe yeah. your question being where did this committee come from? Maybe they'll tell us later. Maybe they gave us a hint right there. In fact, he might be a part or a member or finding member of the committee. Maybe. Right. right. And his way of going uh, or, or, or interacting with them or fighting them is by creating his own. And how would he know the end of the world academy? date? Exactly. Otherwise, right. All he of that knew. stuff. Yeah. In fact, it's it, the, the 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 progression of the show is that you enjoy it so much that eventually a character comes along and asks you a question that oh I should have thought about that from the beginning of the show, and it just took me up until episode nine for them to point out something that I've forgotten because I've enjoyed the show so much. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of enjoying the show, so what did you like? Something like was there something you liked the best about the show? Favorite character? Like, what was your overall impression of the show? My overall impression of the show is um, I, I put it with, within like the Breaking Bad and the Sopranos and the Sense Eight. Really, it's a good show, but just not for me. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm more of the uh, the Watchmen, which was probably the same pace Actually, as this one with a lot of talking. It's talking. very similar to the Watchmen. A lot yes. of talking, talking, talking. I just thought Watchmen did it better. Hmm. Um, and more interesting to like current times and historical uh, times. Um, my favorite character from this show I'd like to see more was um. Well, actually, it's a it's a photo finish between Avanya and the thirteen year old uh, number five. Number five. Yeah, yeah, I found those two. Um, her, him, and the um the druggy guy Klaus. They carry the weight of the show. The other three were just like background noise, and I was like, I don't care about your story. Your story is uninteresting. Yeah, I know you yeah, two like if, each other. You're an yeah, actress. Luthor came across as a very boring person, in my right, opinion. And yeah, and Diego, I don't care about you either. Let's get back to these uh, two people who I, I find very interesting and where where that story is going. And I thought a, in episode seven, the last half hour, is where it picked up speed. And it's that old saying, like, we should have started off with that. Mm. You know what I mean? I wish they had started off with set, with that from seven, seven seasons. Episode 7 to 10, they started off with that at the beginning. But instead, it just took, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. It's not a bad show. It's just that I, it's not a show for me. It took it, too long. It, it, yeah, it, it, there, was, there, was, there was a lot going on. And it it got it kept me interested. The thing about it is that I can actually see some people just like saying, "No, I'm giving up on that." It's like too many things are happening. But it it definitely kept me interested. Not to a lot of people though. So, you said something about Luther. Like he's an un, uninteresting character. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I did like about Luther, and I don't I don't disagree with you. I don't think that he was the most uh, compelling uh, character. But <clears throat> he is on a mission. And he gets hurt, and the dad has to inject him with whatever he put in Pogo to um, make him into a super intelligent to, ape. To right, yes. so he's got this serum that he put into a chimp to make it intelligent, mm-hmm. and he injected it into his kid to save, to save his life because oh, he was dead. I didn't know that. And and it made him into this big hairy ape thing, right. and um, symbolically, I think that was kind of an interesting choice. 
because Pogo and number one, um, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, Luther. Luther, Luther yeah. have a lot in common. They both oh, are they, they both are completely loyal to the dad. Yeah, he goes to the moon and spends four years up there for no reason at all, mm-hmm. just because the dad said so, not mm-hmm. realizing that the dad was had he had he had, he was just kind of shoving him aside keeping him busy um pogo has all these secrets yeah and he doesn't tell the people he doesn't tell his family until the end and they're like why the fuck should we trust you now yeah exactly but he did it for the dad yeah he's like that was your father's last wish how could i say no And he's like you always have a choice the irony is that it's it's luther that tells him you always have a choice when he's the one that left him to go to the moon mm-hmm. because the dad said so, not yeah. realizing he was being he used. Never want, uh, Luther never wanted to disappoint the father. Never. I feel like that whole twist was a beautiful way of... Even though Luther was kind of a boring character, he's kind of like the Cyclops mm-hmm. of the X-Men. Kind mm-hmm. of boring and... Uh, and but very loyal to Professor and, X. But yet they, they colored him in well. I mm. like the way that they, they kind of met, made him into that... Even though Luther was the least, uh, was the, the most, uh, in my opinion, kind of like a boring character, the one that I really could have lived without, and, and I don't know why, I was, I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I would just get rid of her. I would get rid of Allison, number three. Yeah, she didn't, they didn't fill out much of her character right. at all. She's like super famous, but yeah, yeah that, that's her power. She's super famous. She's Kardashian. Right. She's yeah, but, she, but she, she can talk. Right. So there's, yeah, a scene, there's a scene where she's in a car driving. And it's like night, stuff's flying by. Mm-hmm. And she's like uh, hearing voices in her head. Her voice. And she's saying, uh, I, oh, I heard a rumor heard a that blah, I heard a rumor that blah. And you could tell she's talking to her kid. And it's like, uh, you heard a rumor you wanted to make your bed. I heard a rumor you wanted to go to sleep. I heard a rumor you're, you want to wake up and go to school. And at the end of it, all this blah, 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 it says, I, have a rumor, I heard a rumor that you loved me. And it stops. Right, and then you realize, holy shit, she fucked her own daughter up, mm-hmm. and her husband saw that and divorced her. Wait, what did she do? All she did was tell her to go to sleep. No, because she, but she was in the car. Okay, there's a scene where she's driving along right, the road, I remember. and she's remembering all of her her all demands, had, oh. all of the times that she had used her uh, power yeah. on her daughter, oh. and she told the daughter to love her. Yeah, and that's literally like abuse if you think about Why it. Why didn't the daughter love her already? It doesn't matter. She shouldn't have done that to begin uh, with. So unethically, she just did that toward the daughter. Uh, the dad saw that and was like, you're not the mom anymore. Yeah, exactly. And so she was not given cost- any, like, she couldn't even visit the daughter. And they know her powers through the court? Oh, yeah. She wasn't famous. She was in, in the Umbrella Academy, uh, so they knew what she could do. In uh, fact, that's the thing. Uh, the, the resentment that they have towards uh, uh, number seven, the one that doesn't remember, didn't uh, think that she had any powers, is that she wrote a tell-all book that kind of like brought all of them into the public eye, into suddenly, oh, so you were that uh, part of the Umbrella uh, Academy. And uh, told them their secrets and everything, so they eventually just, like, the, the whole world now knows what they are capable of doing. Even though there's, they're no longer in the mainstream, they no longer really have any kind of interaction, other than she is a famous actress, but at what point did she, did, was she always using her power to become famous, 
Or did oh, she... Oh, she, she did. She obviously did, right? Because exactly. she, she says so. Mm-hmm. At some point, she says in the series... Which means that she probably never <clears throat> achieved anything through her own exactly. merits. Exactly. And right. that's one of the things that keeps her uh, humble, which mm-hmm. is like, I never earned anything. I just got it. Hmm. Right. Uh, okay, so what, what happened? Um, oh, yeah, so that, that, was, that was it. You said you did, that was her, your le- but, you liked the least. Mm-hmm. You're right. They were the weakest characters. Right, right. Uh, so I I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to season two when I when when I get to watch it again. I've been very busy, so I haven't had a lot of time. But I definitely devoted some time to pay. I had to pay attention to the series. Yeah. I I the first episode. Um, there's a moment where you see the children being born, and then you see seven seven of them being carried across. And I, and I thought to myself, okay, they they are. This show is visual. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of um, them doing actual work. Like, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but remember that the Diego, for whatever reason, he thinks himself as a as a crime fighter. Mm-hmm. He wears a mask. He has all these knives. He goes around. He listens to the uh, to the hot box at the gym and whatever. But he's constantly like doing this kind of detective work and he says hey hey no no I'm a leader I have to go inside that building I know it like the back of my hand in order to get that file and then you notice that he's just in the back alley and he's called someone inside there to see hey hey can you get me that file like he's (laughs) you see him like where they think that they're all that they're not yeah um, Diego uh, is one of the characters we didn't really talk about but um He's he's one of those like in the beginning they show him throw a knife, and then he does this, and the knife goes forward, and then it goes sideways. Yeah, yes. So he, he can almost not just throw a knife, right. but he can like direct the knife to go to a certain place. Mm-hmm. But like in certain scenes in the show, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do anything like that. No. Yeah, he just throws the knife and it hits the guy in the thigh, and you're like, right. why didn't you go for the neck, motherfucker? Well, you have, <laughs> you know how to do it. So you get the impression that these all of the characters didn't really. Does he kill? I, I never seen. Kill. Um, I don't remember. I think that's seeing. why he doesn't go for, doesn't throw the knives that way. He goes for an injury. But he wanted to kill Hazel and Chacha. Why wouldn't he have done that? He gets her in the thigh. In fact, Allison gives him a knife and says, "Get her." And he goes, Whoop! "Bam!" and hits her right in the thigh. Right. He doesn't hit her in the throat. Right. And he could have, because mm. we know. So I get the impression that these. Characters have never ever really figured out how what they could do with their powers. Right. Like they have never really reached. Like uh, Klaus, he never knew that he could uh, give he could, uh, the spirits physical. Uh, right. He never knew he could do it. In fact, there's a point where um, Vanya, they realize she's dangerous, and they put her in like this uh, uh, solitary confinement thing that she was in as a kid, which. Mm-hmm. That's traumatic. Mistake, because she was in there as a as yeah. a girl. <laughs> they didn't realize that she had been tra- traumatized by that thing that they put her in. Her. Oh, you mm-hmm. remind me of the, the, the... Sorry, the drug addict guy, when he locked him in the mausoleum, he became a drug addict. When you locked her in the thing, she became exactly. a drug addict. Mm-hmm. addict. Right, it's the same thing. So they yep. put her in that. Like They really caused the end of the world. Right. So anyways, they throw her in there. And um, what was my point? Mm-hmm. Damn it. Fucking alcohol. <laughs> All right, can I... Can I Put up a, a point about Vanya. She, okay, so um, I, I think that the reason why they named her Vanya, the creators of the show, the creators of the uh, of the comic book, uh, named her Vanya, 
is a uh, it's based out of the uh, the Russian play Uncle Vanya, uh, where in that particular play it's about a man who has devoted his entire life to his, to his family to his uh, Russian family, but they think that he's just so ordinary when they themselves are extraordinary that at the conclusion of that uh, of that famous play by Chekhov. Uh, Uncle Vanya tells his siblings, you know, I wasted my life, you know, following you and worshiping you guys. And that's essentially what happens in this uh, in this show. Vanya is worshiping of her family, even though she wants to be a member of that family. But yeah. then they will not consider her a member of the family because she's got no powers. Yeah, but then she finds that she does have powers. Remember, it reminds me of that. Do you remember that 1969 Spider-Man where he was battling the guy who, like, used the violin? <laughs> so like a sound wave to knock Spider-Man out. I literally have forgotten all of those. Do you remember that episode? But I, I do remember the cartoon. I don't remember the episodes. You're like, oh, here comes a whopper. <laughs> <laughs> like, get the fuck out of the way then. But that's what she could do with the sound. She was able to manipulate sound. Like Magneto can manipulate metal or whoever villain can emulate molecules. She can manipulate sound. The nice thing about Vanya is that she's a villain mm-hmm. that we don't hate. Yeah, you know, we kind of understand her. Yeah, we understand her. We actually. we we want we're on her side, but we're not on her side. Like she, the entire, like not not only her dad, mm-hmm. does like you're ordinary. You're nothing. You're not special at all. And you, I only have six kids. And then and but like everyday life, like she's she's a um, a violinist in an orchestra, and uh, she she sees like what's called the first chair. Who's this lady who can play the violin? And whenever they switch to like a solo violin, she's the one that does it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Hey, you're awesome. I like you." And the violin, that person who she respects, says, "Yeah, you're not that good. You know mm-hmm. what? I, if you really want to be good, put in the effort. Otherwise, fuck it. Find something that you're good at." She says that to her, and she's not part of the Umbrella Academy. Then she goes to like rehearsal, and she's late, and yeah. she's like, mm, "Sorry, I'm late." And then the guy who, the conductor, is like, I didn't notice. Yeah, I didn't notice. It's wow. like, fucking, everybody in your life is calling you shitty. Yeah. And so, like, when, at the end of the, of the series, when, when she's finally like, fucking, I am special, you get it, you know? Yeah. Like, you're like, yeah, okay, I understand. Question. So, when she auditioned for first chair, was she really that good, or did she use her superpowers no, she was to change using her, her mind? Superpowers. Oh. I saw the wave. What yeah. wave was coming well, out of there? She can't control sound. She can't make you like her music. Yeah, but but whatever it was, it is that was coming out of the sounds was affecting the people oh, that were listening. It, it was it affected them. So like they were like, yeah, this is something special. Well, but, he, that, but here's the thing about Vanya. It's it's obvious that if she focuses her power on good thoughts, using emotions, yeah, it it, yeah. it would actually be beneficial. Uh, her powers would be beneficial to everybody. But when she uses her anger. Her power pretty much just can kill and destroy. Mm. That is right. So there were c- certain things um, in the show, which, by the way, we never went back to it. You were like, let's get back to that. Uh, the music. Oh, mm. yeah. So the music in the show was outstanding. There are certain shows that use music well, like uh, Scrubs or Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, this is in that level of awesomeness it's it chose a bunch of music that was really fun to listen to and also complemented what was going on on the screen i don't know if you guys noticed like but there was a lot of fun stuff Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, and at one point, they played this Radiohead song, and I was like, I know that song. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great song. I what love that song. What was the name of that song? song because I, it it's was, called uh, End Credits it, for a Movie or Exit something. Exit Music to the End Credits, I think it's what yeah. it's called. But when you told me that was the name of the uh, of the song, I was thinking, well, that just is fitting because they placed it at the conclusion of this episode. But, you know, I think that the... I mean, it shows the humor in what they wanted. There was even a fight sequence with... I forget what song it is that they play. Uh, but it, I didn't like the song, so I can't remember it. But there was a fight sequence. And it was a fight a fight sequence between Cha-Cha and I forget who else. But it was just a bad pick of a song. But it was perfect for the befitting to that scene, in my opinion. You know, it, it was it was befitting... That, that song title was befitting... I just didn't like the song. <laughs> so that uh, guy that Alanya is dating taps into her inner evil and turns her into a weapon, but unfortunately that turns on him. So he created a Frankenstein that actually turned on him. In fact, uh, it's kind of weird, but he gets murdered by his creation. That's, hence the Frankenstein reference. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I was surprised that he gets murdered. <laughs> no, I was, I was surprised that he gets murdered at all. I thought yeah, that he was going to... Yeah, something. In the worst way, too, like... Like it's and scratchy, like it's a call cut up. Uh, but yeah, that was my uh, that's my takeaway from. I enjoyed the, the show. show. I'm glad that there's another season that I'm going to get to watch. Um, yeah, uh, I got to get into yeah. Mind Hunters now. I would like to do uh, episodes of Why We Drink on both of those Mind sure. Hunters and uh, Umbrella Academy season two. Well, I definitely am going to catch up with this, with uh, Umbrella Academy so that we can we can devote like the next podcast uh, to that. And yeah, I'll get into Mindhunters because even my brother today, when I was telling him I'm going to talk about Brawl um, Academy, he says, "Have you guys done Mindhunters yet?" And I'm like, "No, I have. I've got to see that." And he goes, "You've got to see that." And and you've seen yeah. that, right? Yeah, both. I've got to see that then. Now. Yeah. Um, there's a guy from the. Have you seen um, Hamilton? No, I haven't seen it yet. Have you? I know that yet. Oh, the dude from Mindhunter is it? Is in the cast of Hamilton oh, on Disney oh, Plus. No shit. Cool. Oh, the skinny guy. The the main character, the guy who's into like interviewing. Oh, he's in. Oh, he's in that episode. He, he plays the King of England. Uh, the, the Mad King, uh, George the Third. I think uh, his name is. Very good. He's well, awesome. Uh, I enjoyed talking about this with you guys. Uh, it's like three in the morning. <laughs> we actually we, we actually got uh, together to watch five yeah, episodes because of this. I was missing five episodes because the power my mom is building by the way yeah so me. tell us about that if you don't mind really well, quickly sure, I don't mind so at all. we had a huge <laughs> we had a huge uh, tornado <laughs> storm on Monday and so your mom lost power yeah and the whole building she lives in lost power so I was like oh man and for a moment I was like oh man because I was at her place at the time when it happened and so uh, when as soon as that storm came in, I, you know, I said, "Ma, stand up." We went into the bathroom. She sat down. Wow! And then like boom, out from outside, like, and then phew, like, oh, power went man. out. Yeah, I was thinking, oh man, power and then it yeah. passed, and I was like, oh, man. but the sun was still out. What was left of it? And I was thinking for a second, I was like, oh man, Ma. all right, well, call me tomorrow, Ma. Let me know what happens. And you took a, <laughs> and you, uh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, bro, you're an asshole if you walk out that door. So I brought my mom back to my place, so. Wow. Does your mom have a refrigerator? Yeah, any, everything there's. Jewel lost power. Oh, wow. Everything is. Oh, shit, man. Spoiled, so yes. Yeah, so I shouldn't man. be complaining then. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, there you have it. So my aunt's been staying with me. So she should have it on tomorrow. She's yesterday the underground guys came, but today, or yesterday I should say, the upper top guys come in. So uh, any last words on Mike? Any last um, words? So if you're if you're on the fence, uh, God, I, I hope you didn't listen to this and not see it. But I, if you did watch this this series, it's really good. It's yeah. a a nice, refreshing, different show than most superhero shows. Um, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, this is uh, an, a year old, and I'm sorry we're coming at this so late, but uh, I hope you watch it. Season two, I did see it. I saw season two, and it is pretty good. Like, there's there's a lot. Like, when we were watching season one, there was stuff that I was like, do we really need that? Like, there's some fat. Like, just cut that out. I don't want it. We don't need to know this. You don't need to see that. And then later you're like, oh, all right, fine. We did need to see that. That was, that was pretty good. There were all these connections. <laughs> and and right. season two is the same way. There's a lot of storytelling thrown at you. And you're like, oh, i got to see all this all at once. i got to take it in. And then at the end of it all, you're like, that was really good. Like, they did it again. I thought, they're not going to read. They're not going to catch. Uh, sometime this mm-hmm. month, or I think uh, this beginning of next month, uh, uh, Amazon Prime is going to premiere The Boys. And I'm looking forward to the second season of The Boys. The Voice? Like all those is no. angry women talking about college? <laughs> That's exactly what that is. No, The Boys. Oh, The Boys. The Boys. That yeah. was a really good which, show. Which, by the way, is kind of like That's in league with this, show. right? Like yeah. Show. Much more than much. The Voice. Right. And, and, and superheroes are pricks and egocentric. Yes, that was yeah. such a good show. Yeah. And it is getting to the point where uh, the level of content that they're trying to deliver on uh, streaming services are uh, graphic novels that I've never heard of that suddenly are there. I'm, I'm hoping that, look, if you're... If you're streaming and you have the rights to Batman versus Predator, just produce that movie and show it on a streaming service. Why shouldn't you just do a one-shot of your own version of Batman, but fucking dealing with the Predator based on the uh, graphic novel? It was brilliant. But still, it's like, look, somebody's got to own it. Somebody has got to be able to say, hey, let's make this movie and make it. Just just fucking stream it. All right. So I had a good evening, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God! Make the goddamn Batman <laughs> <laughs> So uh, if you want to uh, send us off, um, uh, Roy? Sure. All right. Um, you can find us at why, why we drink XYZ, And uh, that is it. I am about to fire up again. Guten Tag, everyone. Right, everybody. Have a good weekend. <laughs>